Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman magazine. Yes, and I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 21st of May 2021, including new Sky Atlantic period sci-fi, The Nevers, and the return of Apple TV's adoption comedy, Trying, starring Rafe Spall and Esther Smith. And we'll also be talking about not one, but two music documentaries. Pink, All I Know So Far on Amazon, and 1971, The Year Music Changed Everything on Apple TV+. But first, Ian, what's in the news? The channel, Dave, has announced a swathe, no less, of uh, new comedy entertainment formats... They will be featuring the likes of Tom Allen, Richard Ayoade and the wonderful David Mitchell. What else is in the news, Hannah? Um, Well, Chris Pratt fans uh, stand to attention because um, he's starring in the new Amazon Prime video sci-fi action thriller The Tomorrow War. And he'll be playing family man Dan Forrester who gets transported to the future to join the fight against a deadly alien species threatening the world. Really right up my street, I'd say. It's. I think it's a pretty good week this week, and I'm very pleased that there's a couple of music docs in there. Um, but we're starting off, you're going to start us off with something rather unusual on Sky Atlantic, The Nevers. I am. It's a 12-part series. Now let's listen to a clip, and then we can talk about it. Three years ago, everyone was attached. Woke up with a power... Touched are rewriting the rules of reality. I want them under control. Even if it requires a bloodletting. I will cut your face to a mess. It's a fantasy, science fiction and history collision. Um, And as we say, it's on Sky Atlantic. It's a new drama and it's called The Nevers. Um, And it follows this kind of epic adventure of a group of outcasts with mysterious powers in Victorian London. Now it is quite weird I, I don't know if you'd agree in but it is it's quite it's quite strange the whole premise of this um, but this super, this one particular supernatural event um, gives some of the residents of the city and it's mainly women abnormal abilities um, and they are of course then they're known I think they're known as the touched and then they become shunned by the rest of society because they have these you know amazing abilities until then someone recognizes that actually you could make money out of people couldn't you you know remember the old freak shows and stuff like that you could make money out of these people it's just really really odd I think it's the most unusual premise and when I said that fantasy and science fiction and history all collide that is exactly what it does in one big sort of explosion really um if you like kind of Victorian theme then you'll like this it's it's got something for everybody we've got uh, Amalia True who's played by Britannia's Laura Donnelly um, and she is one of the main characters in that she is able to see into the future which is quite cool I'd quite like to do that as well as wear an invisibility cloak but that's something else and I do digress um, it's also a 12 part series and I couldn't help but feel that it should be a film <laughs> get it wonder done in one hit <laughs> I don't know if you thought the same um, yeah I've only watched episode one well it starts off with there was about five minutes where there's no dialogue which I really liked and it, it, you're right, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. There is so much in it. There's a hell of a lot going on. So I would 
it's definitely worth watching because you won't have seen anything like it. Now, it was actually dreamed up by uh, Joss Whedon, who, of course, of Buffy fame. And it's got a bit of a steampunk vibe, I think. So it's in that era where kind of scientists are, are kind of very excited about things like electricity. As you say, there are these people called the touched, which is quite a nice, clever use of the word, isn't it? And it's got that slight X-Men origins vibe in that there's this orphanage where they collect together all these young women with special powers. So <laughs> they do vary. As you said, the, the, the main character can see into the future. There's another one whose sort of power is that she's enormously tall there's someone who can turn things to glass there's been a there's been quite a few series about young women developing special powers haven't there uh recently but anyway i love ben chaplin plays uh, a copper in this james norton is great as this um as this rich guy who <laughs> hosts these very dodgy sex parties i mean there's so much going on so i would say even if you don't stick with it, do check out episode one. Something rather different over on Apple TV. Uh, it's a comedy called Trying. It's back for a second series. And here's a clip. We can't sit at home waiting for news about adoptions. Oh, what? We're never going to find a kid. They go so quickly. It's this is you. What? You took too long again. Yeah, but it's difficult choosing a child from a photograph, isn't it? You want to get in there, kick the tyres a little bit. Are you set on a girl? Girls tell you what they're feeling. They know how to ask for help. You just sit on the sofa hugging a cushion, sighing louder and louder until someone asks you <laughs> what's wrong. So I don't know if you caught series one of this, Hannah. I hadn't, so I've, I have watched all of series one. The premise is there's a young couple called Nikki and Jason, and they're played by Esther Smith and Rafe Spall. And at the beginning of series one, they're trying to conceive, spoiler alert, they discover that they cannot that happens quite early on and so it then continues or it's their journey trying to become adoptive parents and they have this crazy social worker played by uh, Imelda Staunton who's helping them um, so when we got to the end of series one they'd just been passed by the panel to say yes you, you can go ahead and start applying to adopt um, a child or children so this second series we follow that journey it's very very charming it's also the script is great it's actually written by someone who himself was adopted so he wanted to sort of tell that story in in a series Rafe Spall in particular I think is I mean he's a great actor but he's a very good sitcom actor I think the things that they get up to in this new series include they go off to Cornwall because um there's a death in the family and there's this subplot about the possibility that Jason may have fathered a child down there years ago. There's a really good supporting cast. Uh, Darren Boyd, Phil Davis, Paula Wilcox. So I recommend it. I really liked it. Yeah, and I hope I hope we see more of this because Esther and Rafe just they are terrific and i mean a lot of the a lot of the show is just about their kind of daily domestic lives but it's really really well observed and really nicely done and, and yeah the support cast add a lot as well that like especially they feel very kind of inferior to the other prospective adoptive parents that they meet they've got these friends who are kind of been splitting up nikki's sister is is engaged to this very strange guy played by darren boyd so yeah um i'm guessing that this 
sort of thing would appeal to you, Hannah. Am I right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> this this definitely appeals to me. Um, I hadn't watched the first series, and probably as a spoiler alert, I'll next week when I tell you what I'll be binging on, it will be that. Um, I don't think you have to see it, but I I, I think it kind of probably helps. But I, I just love the dynamic, and it, what should be quite um dull I suppose just somebody's life just is incredibly relatable but also as a topic that's relatable to a lot of people and also the struggles that people go through in order to be able to adopt I think is it kind of brings that home as well but yeah I think it is it's it is charming I think the word you use charming is, is absolutely the right word and uh, def- I, I can't see anyone not really enjoying this it is one for everyone isn't it it is and I think the subjects are very sensitively dealt with because obviously it is a comedy so they're getting laughs out of this material but also treating it with great respect and i i like that now over on amazon you're going to tell us about the first of two music documentaries pink all i know so far yeah pink all i know so far so this is on amazon and we touched on it last week um she performed at the brits as well if you if you're a brits fan you'll have you'll have watched her performing with rag and bone man too this documentary um is really lovely actually uh because i often think with celebrities i think oh gosh it's just going to be sort of bloking smoke up the backside and you know that'll be out won't it they're involved in it (laughs) Am I allowed to even say that on this podcast? I've just, I've are. just said it. You, um, you said backside, which is quite I, polite. I did change it. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some level of filter from my Tourette's today. Um, so, yeah, I felt that, that with a lot of celebrities, it could just be all about them. And of course, this is all about her, but it's it's actually quite emotional. Um, let, let's listen to a clip and hopefully you'll have some of her really lovely music to dance along to. I always wanted to be a rock star. I dreamed of being a mom. And now to have my family, my team, my fans here with me, this is beyond my wildest dreams. So it's um, directed by uh, The Greatest Showman's Michael Gracie as well. And I think you can really tell. Once you know that, you can really absolutely tell because it's a, it is a real show. So. What interested me about this is that it's not just about her on tour at all. I thought it would just be about her career. And it's not. This is about a mum juggling being a mum, a family person, a wife with work. Now, okay, it's not totally relatable because none of us are making millions of you know, on and on tour and standing in Wembley Stadium. But it is something that people can relate to to a degree. particular lot of women she talks about how difficult it is when you've got children you know just to farm them out and to to sort of leave them when they're your babies and they need you and you've got to go back to work and it's striking that balance and it's quite emotional at times and she seems to be for a celebrity quite normal I don't think I think normal's not the right word is it for pink because she's anything but normal she's anything but average she's a brilliant you know brilliant character and personality but you see her being this sort of very hands-on mum and taking the family everywhere with her and she said you know they learn so much they learn more by being here and then in the crowds uh, uh, on when she's on tour and with their big sort of headphones on and I think you see an incredibly different side to her. As I say, it's quite emotional at times and see what she goes through to get to the point of being on stage. Now, I'm not suggesting you'd feel sorry for her. You, you don't. It's just that I think that it's um, 
it's a behind the scenes. It's a it's a view that you wouldn't ordinarily get, if you like. Yeah, I did find that. I mean, I love a rock band on tour type music documentaries and you do get a good insight into sort of the preparation for the live shows and the live shows look pretty spectacular don't they so you see her rehearsing with the dancers but you'd see her getting strapped into this harness where she sort of flies above the stage there's some amazing uh, tricks she does but as you say yeah it's also very much she is very down to earth and it's sort of about her family life and I mean what must it be like you know as a young kid to experience just going around the world on tour with your parent you know I mean uh, quite amazing really it must be amazing but then I but then I also think actually they don't know any different do they so I think to me it's taking you to uh, to a place that you would never normally see and okay it's the edited version I, I can see that it's not necessarily the uncut version but I think it gives you a glimpse into what what life as a pop star and as a family member as a mum is yeah and I mean, compare it with the sort of the classic Madonna documentary, which again was sort of mm. her behind the scenes on her tour. And I mean, this is this is a lot more more down to earth, isn't it? And relatable. Um, not yeah, not... Oh, it really is. She feels very relatable, which I think is quite difficult when you're super global star like she is to have to retain any relatability is. Um... It's hard, and, and I think I think she achieves it. Now, uh, another music documentary, well, it's a series. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's called 1971, The Year That Music Changed Everything. Now, we don't have a trailer for this. They haven't released one. It's from the Oscar-winning filmmakers behind Amy, the Amy Winehouse film, and Senna, about the F1 driver Ayrton Senna. David Hepworth, I think, has written a book in which he explains why he thinks 1971 was the greatest year for music. So in the first, I've only watched the first episode, and it starts, this is this is what makes me feel old, it starts with Chrissy Hine remembering being at Kent State when the, the, the police shot some of the students, and as a result of that, Neil Young wrote the song Ohio. And then it goes on to look at Marvin Gaye sort of moving away from Motown love songs to releasing what's going on and going in a whole new direction. It's not just about the music. There's quite a lot of history in this as well. They're looking at um, the way Nixon was dealing with Vietnam, the massive demonstrations that were going on. Um, There's a loss of John Lennon in it, which I very much enjoyed. So you see him recording solo material with the very strange Phil Spector producing it. And there's also some good stuff about George Harrison putting on the concert for Bangladesh. So I, I am a complete sucker for music documentaries. I love watching on uh, BBC iPlayer. They do like the story of Top of the Pops for a certain year. And I've just been binging on those recently. So, yeah, if you're a muso, you'll love this. It's, it's a great combination of history and music. So highly recommended. Will you? Is this the sort of music you listen to, Hannah? Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love music documentaries and I, you know, I, I just love music. So most things I'll tune into when it comes to that. But I think the it's quite interesting when you talk about two music documentaries that are so, so different, actually, mm. because um, mainly of the way they're produced. And you mentioned that the producer of this is the is the producer of the Amy Winehouse documentary and Senna. And it, it's more it's hard hitting, isn't it? The other one has a real sort of 
to a degree upbeat vibe. I talked yeah. about the pink one being a bit emotional at times, but I think that's just probably me being a woman and sort of looking at it and thinking, oh God, you know, I know when I left my children, it's really hard, you know, feeling like that. But I think this is much, it, it's completely different, but brilliant in its own way because it, and it's more hard hitting the way that it uh, it's approached to everything, I think. Okay, well, I'm just going to touch on one more new offering for this week's week. So I watched an episode of today. It's on Disney Plus. It's called Marvel's Modoc. And it's very odd. It's an animated comedy. It's a stop-motion comedy. You don't see many of those um, these days. And MODOK is the sort of supervillain. It stands for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. He And he's... <laughs> Obviously. He's, I mean, did you not know that? <laughs> he does have proper comic book origins, this character, from the sort of Avengers universe. But anyway, he's a guy, he's a guy with a really big head who sort of is squeezed into what looks like a kind of floating trash can and he's a super villain and um, you see him at the beginning fighting Iron Man but it's very, very dry and and comic. It's actually, you know, the humour is pretty grown up as well. Um, so it's about him losing control of his super villain business because he's going bankrupt and also what's going on at home with his family. So yeah, it's just very... Very strange, but I found it highly <laughs> amusing, I must say. Now, we've got to that point uh, in the podcast, Hannah, where we find out what you've been wasting hours of your precious time <laughs> watching. <laughs> what is it this week? Well, it would be remiss of me not to mention the Brits, wouldn't okay, it? Because yeah. it felt like the first big party, not just of this year, but <laughs> since lockdown, there's been very few. And it was it was quite something, really, wasn't it? Because, of course, you know, that it was part of the government's events research programme. So we had a, a live audience yes. um, and they didn't have to socially distance. It was just quite an amazing thing to behold. And, and, and not only that, just we talked about music a lot in this podcast, but it's just uplifting to hear all the music. And, of course, the audience was... Full of um, key workers, which I think there were 4,000 tickets and two and a half of them went to key workers, which is which is really lovely. More women winning than ever before. Big up to the ladies. Um, and I just thought, it, yeah, it was, a, it was just, it had a real feel good vibe, I think probably because we've just missed this for so long. So yeah, watch that. Bit of upbeat, put a smile on my face. And the other thing I've been watching is Free Rain. Have you heard of this thing? Uh, <laughs> this is a series on Netflix. and um, Is it about horses? It's about horses. How would okay. you have guessed? <laughs> um, it's about a lovely, beautiful horse called Raven. Um, and it, it's, it's kids, really. Uh, my, my children absolutely love it, but I don't mind them watching it quite well. I've been watching it with them. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a girl who's gone to stay in her mother's hometown, um, just off the coast of England. And she falls in love with this wonderful, mysterious horse called Raven and uh, all the relationships and what have you that go around it. So just good, harmless fun. Very nice. Well, uh, we recently covered the new series of Fargo on Channel 4 and All 4, and that prompted me to go back to the very first series, which starred our own Martin Freeman, of course, and Billy Bob Thornton as a very scary villain. And that is great. All of the series are on Netflix, actually. I, I imagine they are also on All 4. Yeah, well worth checking out. I did try that uh, glow up <laughs> makeup program. <laughs> wow, that was inc I loved it. It was just bizarre, but really good. I love that you loved it, and I yeah. love that you watched it. Incredible. <laughs> also, the new series of Inside Number Nine. That the first episode divided opinion because it was very meta and it was all sort of commedia dell'arte, 
styled. But yeah, uh, crossed with a heist movie, but it was very good. And I can recommend the Netflix film St. Francis if you're casting about for a good movie to watch. Now, we're nearly out of time, but we're just going to have a quick preview of what we'll be looking at next week. So what's on the agenda, Brenda? Jared Harris and Kush Jumbo star in Britbox Revenge Thriller The Beast Must Die. Meanwhile, on Star on Disney Plus, Katie Segal plays a crusading legal advocate inspired by Erin Brockovich, of course, played in the film by Julia Roberts. Um, and that's called Rebel. So we look forward to talking about those, but in the meantime. Here. 